Hello and welcome to the Eurozone Football Podcast. My name's Andy in Manchester. I'm joined by Dan in Blackpool. Hey Dan, you okay? Yeah, not too bad. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad at all. How are you doing on Boom Beach? Oh, I'm doing better than ever. Good lad. And better, better than last week anyway. Good stuff. Onwards and upwards. I'm also joined by Ryan in Toronto, Canada. Hey Ryan. Hey Andy, how's it going? Yeah, what, what um, mobile phone app are you currently uh, obsessed with? I don't really bother with games on my phone i just watch parks and rec all day if i'm not doing anything else good man could think of a lot worse ways to spend your time uh such as watch uh poland versus portugal um the first of the quarterfinals at euro 2016 um it ended 1-1 um and portugal went through on penalties 5-3 uh possibly the weakest of the four quarterfinals um not the best way to start uh with portugal going through perhaps um, fortuitously, obviously they haven't won a game in normal time yet. Uh, Ryan, what did you think of this game? I, I believe you were at the dentist, but uh, if you can, <laughs> if you can at all uh, analyze this uh, through the, were you on any medication or anything after the dentist? Any? No, it was only it was only teeth cleaning, so it wasn't too bad. Oh, cool. um, that could have helped. I saw the goals. Say. Yeah, I saw the goals before I went in. Missed the entire second half and extra time. And then got off the uh, subway on my way home, and real uh, Dan texted me and said it had gone to penalties. Um, and I realised it went. Uh, I saw stood in the corner with my phone out watching uh, the penalties go in as I was in the shop trying to buy a bag of crisps. And <laughs> when the final penalty was saved, I think it was or missed it by whoever. Uh, Renato Sanchez. Uh, is good, isn't he? What's he? He's missed it. missed one. Um, yeah, so- good save, babe. Yeah. So uh, Dan Lewandowski's goal, not bad, was it? After just a minute and a half. Yeah, it gave him a great start, and I mean, they couldn't have asked for anything better. But it seems to be, I mean, the uh, last few games, England. Um, <laughs> oh God, Poland, I was wondering how long it would be. Score early it doesn't mean you know. You always think oh, early goal it sets your to- it sets the tone for you to go on and win the game, and it seems to be the opposite way around at the moment. We'll look at Wales as well, of course, which we'll get onto. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Poland. They did it in in the previous round, I think. Um, didn't they get the goal first, and then they, yeah, they did. Of course, uh, Shakiri uh, for Switzerland uh, equalised. It, it seemed like in that game that when they did score, they sat back to the point where they just couldn't get back out once they conceded. And um, this was the case for Portugal as well. Um, they just didn't seem like the same team once uh, once Portugal started getting into it. They couldn't really wrestle back control. Um, who scored the equaliser? Renato Sanchez, wasn't it? Who was yeah, Ryan, no, you, you absolutely incredible. What a performance from him! You know, eighteen years old, and he you can see why why Bayern have put up the money for him. He looks. He looks uh, yeah, superb. people were questioning it, weren't they? They're were saying why thirty million for a nineteen-year-old that's barely been seen. And you've seen in the few performances he's had off the bench that he deserved the starting spot, and he, he could change the game every game he's come on. And from the start, he he absolutely dominated that game. Yeah, if you think of how he can progress in the next four or five years, he could be yeah. he could be up there. You know, he he could be the he could take over the mantle from Ronaldo, couldn't he? Really, um, certainly for Portugal, um, and as a central midfield figure as well, he he can lead from 
you know, a prime position and not on the left or right wing, throwing his arms around like a little baby when the ball doesn't come to him. <laughs> well, yeah, he had a he had a shocker, didn't he, um, Ronaldo? Yeah. And uh, he missed this absolute sitter, didn't he, after a good ball from uh, Jean Moutinho, um, which which was harder than it looked, of course, but um, f- for a player of his quality, uh, and indeed just for a professional footballer, really, you'd expect for a triple Ballon d'Or winner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He he fluffed it, um, and that was a big chance for him. Yeah. Have you noticed, not just Ronaldo, but there's a lot of players looking at the big screen. Have you noticed that? Is that always a problem? It seems like every single player is catching themselves on the big screen. (laughs) Roy Hodgson's was the best. (laughs) (laughs) That was so good. Uh, uh, I don't don't get that. Why would you be doing it? I mean, surely just want to start playing football. I don't know. Is it that big a distraction? It is a... It seems like an epidemic. It seems like everyone, every single player is doing it. I don't understand. And um, well, the, the camera angle didn't show the ball coming over. So Ronaldo was he trying to look at the screen to see where the ball was? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Watch the ball with your own eyes. <laughs> that would be good if he was if he was so obsessed with himself. He was watching himself on the telly, but he, <laughs> that he missed the ball. Um, um, do you think the right team went through, Dan? Well, you're looking at their record they've got. They've they've not won a game in 90 minutes. They've drawn every game, um, and they're just not really impressed. But then, like you said before, Poland just seemed to capitulate when to go one 0 up. Yeah. So you, on the balance of to the tournament, probably not. But on that game, you're probably looking at Portugal. Probably did go deserve to go through after the way they they came back into the game, and they probably could have won it with Ronaldo's chances and also all the other, the other uh, chances that they had. Um, yes, Ryan. Uh, I'm going to agree with you, Dan, that, yeah, they deserve to go through. And then the last, what, four or five tournaments, 2008 was the only time they haven't reached the semi-final. Uh, 2000, 2004, 2012, and this year, 2016, they've reached semi-finals every time. Could it be there? I can't remember. Could it be there, yeah? I think it could be. Um, they have to get past a very resolute Wales team, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But it, they've stumbled over the line. They're the only team in history to make it through to the semi-finals without winning a game in 90 minutes. Amazing. And they have yet to start firing with showing little glimpses 20 minutes here or there in every game. But, you know, if Ronaldo can actually hit some form and do a little something in this game against, what better, uh, what more motivation could he have than have his, um, his uh, Real Madrid teammate outshine him in a game? I don't think he'll let that happen. Oh, just imagine if he if Bale scores a free kick and uh, Ronaldo misses a penalty or something. Just imagine how how much that will just blow up, especially in in Madrid. <laughs> just on that point about the penalty, Ronaldo. Like, how did he took the first one in the penalty shootout in this game? Normally, likes to be the fifth one. Mm. Obviously, last time he didn't get the third one, so that's why he's. I think he's gone earlier. But do you think in his mind he was thinking about a really crap game? Yeah. Get a penalty out of there. Let's go first. If I miss, at least then someone else can dig about the shit. I think that's spot on. It's a big call to take the first penalty as well. Like you set the precedent then for the rest of the penalty shootout. It takes. I think it takes bigger balls taking the first penalty than taking the fifth one. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, th- I think Dan, you're you're onto something there. I think even even Ronaldo, who is vilified for for his attitude and for for how he acts and and all this on and off the pitch. Even he has to realise that he's. That's probably one of the worst games he's he's played in the last decade. He was awful, and and he's got to realise that if something's not going his way, he can't. You can't rely on him in the in the fifth uh, for the fifth penalty. 
And to be fair to him, whether he's been told by his manager or whether he's made the decision himself, uh, it was the correct one because he he, he, yeah. he shouldn't have had to rely on him for the fifth. And and that's a good point, Ryan. Obviously, the first one is so so important because it takes the pressure off, or of course, it can put the pressure on your teammates. Um, yeah. But he put he put it away. Um, the the thing about Portugal not winning any games, uh, their manager Fernando Santos of course, was in charge of Greece uh, when they won it in 2004. Um, the similarities between the two teams, obviously the quality that Portugal have is is far greater than th- that Greece team. But the way that they are sort of just stumbling through games and for all that they've not really sparkled, they, like I say, they haven't lost a game. They haven't, they haven't been battered, although Hungary obviously scored three past them. They are fairly solid and, and that can hold them in good stead against better teams. I was wonder what odds you get at them drawing every single game, <laughs> making a final. But, but yeah, the, that's the only way, isn't it? I guess you know if, if they nick a goal, you know, Charisma did it against Croatia. If that, yeah. if that's what they do in extra well, time, the, the thing is, is when they've gone down, they've shown the fight and resilience to get back. They just haven't looked like going on to win a game. Yeah, and it 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 only took um, was it? I can't remember. Who it was in the uh, who did he play? Oh shit, I've forgotten. And the uh, Last six round of sixteen game where they won in the what the hundred eighteenth minute. Yeah, Croatia. Sorry, where Croatia had just hit the post up the other end, and they bombed everyone forward, and it just took Ronaldo's pace and a, a great ball probably by Sanchez again in the end um, to to unlock a Croatia defense that had also been resolute and Portugal hadn't. The only time Portugal looked threatening is when they were a goal down, really. Yeah, which I, mean, I guess. You're, you're right in what you're saying there, and I mean you look at the team. And Ronaldo, I don't think he's had a poor game the other night. He's had a poor tournament, really. Um, yeah. He's not done anything spectacular, I expect. But if you take him out of that team, where do you see that Portugal? I know you've got the Wales, obviously. We'll talk about them in a bit. They're different this year. But in general terms of a, t- a tournament like this, where would you see Portugal without Ronaldo? Well, I'd I'd say that they wouldn't. Certainly, the way he's been playing this tournament, you wouldn't you wouldn't miss him. Charisma's been great when he's come on. Um, and granted, they don't have any strikers, but you look at the teams that are doing well, the, the Frances, the Germanys, they don't have a star player. They are they are a team that are, are all on the same level. Um, and it's and it's teams like uh, t- teams like Portugal and maybe even, you know, Wales are obviously done really well. But it's teams like that where there's there's one standout player. I'm trying to think of another example, which is Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps weakening my point, but the the players that have got that one standout player haven't done too well in this tournament. And um, I, you know, look at the teams like Germany; they just they are a collective, and and that's really sure. I include Poland in that though. The Lewandowski. Yeah, well, Milic is, a, is also very good. He looks really good. Yeah, tra- I like him. He'll get a transfer from Ajax to a bigger team, and he'll do better. But like Rooney, like England, England v Iceland. England had the standout player in like Rooney. You'd say he would be on paper the standout player in Iceland, a team of collective like collective individuals who play well as a team, and yeah. they completely outplayed us. Well, just to uh, back up my point, you've got a team like Belgium who are obviously very good, but they're they're individuals, individual players um, who there are, there is a massive discrepancy between Hazard and Fellaini. Or um, Jordan Lukaku, who played at left back, who looked shocking, who looked completely out of his depth the other night. Um, you know, Hazard wouldn't even play him the ball because he just 
he didn't he clearly didn't trust him um you know other other teams like that we've we've got like Sweden's a good one where there's only really one player involved um and Austria you know how much how much pressure was put on David Alaba and he he didn't really turn up so um it's the teams like Italy how well did Italy do and we'll talk about them in a little bit uh but it's it's great to see. I, I think if you did take Ronaldo out, that team, I don't think they'd be particularly weaker. You know, he doesn't look fit. He's not. He's not really getting on the ball. Um, I do, I don't see really if if he were to win it like this, I I don't think he would be particularly happy. He wants obviously be the centre of attention, um, and the Portuguese clearly just want to win something. But it's kind of like Abramovich with Chelsea winning the Champions League. It wasn't the way he wanted to win it. And I think that'll be a similar thing for Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> right, so that meant Portugal went uh, were the first team to book their places in the semis. They were uh, met by Wales, uh, who beat Belgium 3-1. Um, Belgium opened the scoring with uh, Raja... Well, actually, no, Dan, who, who opened the scoring for Belgium? Uh, oh, uh, I can't <laughs> remember. What's his name? I can't even remember. <laughs> Roger Nyangalan. Yeah. Um, Nyangalan, yeah. He scored well done it. for playing that off, <laughs> Good work. Um, he scored an absolute screamer um, for Belgium. A goal. Oh, so good. Well, it was one of the goals of the tournament until um, Wales happened. Uh, so Ashley Williams uh, equalised from a, a header from a corner. Uh, we'll just talk... on that goal, yeah. I, just, I, I think that if Belgium had have had Vertonghen or um, who's who's injured? No, uh, yeah, over Marlin, that wouldn't have happened because he seemed to have so much space. It wasn't just that that one, was it? Was it? it was every single, one, yeah. Every time he got the space, and I think with two centre backs in there that could command it better, I think that he wouldn't have had them headers, and I think that would have. Oh that yeah, Oliverold had a good game on that point. It was just he had um, Lukaku to the left of him, just completely letting the side down. I think it was Lukaku who was trying to mark. Ashley Williams and just completely got lost when Ashley Williams sort of ran forward and smashed that header in. Like I think Lukaku was turning around like, oh, what's happened? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that equalised uh, for Wales. And then 10 minutes into the second half, uh, one of the most astonishing goals, I think you'll see. Goal it of the tournament. Uh, uh, Absolute absolutely. goal of the tournament. Uh, Ramsey played the ball into Hal robson Kane, Um And then I don't think any anyone saw that coming. <laughs> Everyone thought, and including the defenders, everyone thought that ball was going to to his uh, his left and um, to the spare man, including the three Belgian defenders that were around him. And how um, stupid did Fellaini look? Oh, so yeah, yeah. Well, they all did, didn't they? They all looked uh, a bit silly. And then great finish. You know, in that situation, you're against one of the best keepers in the world, and he he stuck it away. Is he though? Is he? Well, Courtois. He's, he's looked so shit this last eighteen months. Just throwing that out there. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, he's got, he's don't get anything away from the finish. He's had more to do. Uh, it's in. He was at Atletico Madrid because he had a better defence in front of him. So I think that's where maybe he's not used to having that much to do, and that's where he's been found out in a sense. But it doesn't make him a bad keeper. Do you know what I mean? I think I think he's one of the best. Yeah, it's a good point though. I think when when Courtois came to the Premier League, I think you were talking about him and De Gea being the best too in there but for me now it's no contest it was no contest in the first place because De Gea for four, four seasons running near enough that's now, very true yeah. he has had shit loads to do 
<laughs> yeah, even before <laughs> Fergie for retired, yeah. That's just that point. He's always like, he's always at the thing out of the shit, and he's always done it. Yeah. So for me, De Gea is the best keeper in the world. Good man. Yeah. Sorry for take away from you there, Hal Robson Carnu, and your immaculate finish. I slagged and... him off non-stop in the first half, seeing how shitty he was. <laughs> he did that, and I was like, oh my god. So um. Uh, quite apparently, a few offers have come in from Premier League clubs. Uh, he's obviously a free agent, having been released by Reading. Um, I don't, I don't particularly see how one, you know, he's been very good for Wales uh, for the last couple of years, really. But I don't see how one goal and one performance changes his prospects. Uh, you know, what kind of team's going to go in? Presumably, it's like a Hull or someone like that. Is is this not just a Flash in the in the pan. If he's really... well, it's euro. It's euro buying, isn't it? That's one player has a good euro, and then they get ball. Well, with Carnu, I think he'll be better suited to a championship side who would use him as a big man up top, maybe with some like Rovers. Possibly. Anyway, we've got got a couple others, but that's where I'd see him at. It's the same point that you made, Ryan, about euro buying. Wenger bought um, Shaka from Switzerland before as he thought his value would go up. So it's the yeah. other way around. I mean, so it's all the Euros, all a bit of a enigma in terms of the transfer market. It's like you can either buy early or you can wait. And like Carney put himself right in there for a move. And why not? Should he, why shouldn't he get a, a chance again at a club? I just don't think he'd, prove, he'd be another Cameron Jerome in the Premier League. Oh, not that bad. Come on. Um, let's not get Stan Collin more involved. Um, <laughs> and as Wales were... Uh, well, they were suffering some heavy pressure from Belgium. Sam Vokes, what a header! What Absolute. a header! I don't know. I don't know where that came from. That was unbelievable. Uh, You're just thinking, keep it in the corner, aren't you? Keep it in the corner. Just or, run into the corner. I don't know how he's put that. I don't, just don't know how he's got that in. I did not expect that at all. It's a great finish. I tell you what, it's the first time three Englishmen have scored in a, uh, a quarter final for some years. <laughs> That card out. Nice. Oh. Well, let's let's move swiftly on from that. Uh, <laughs> that goal came in the 85th minute and uh, consigned Belgium to a quarterfinal defeat. Um, this golden generation for Belgium, uh, turning out quite like the English golden generation, um, albeit with far more individual talent. Uh, do, do you think uh, Mark Wilmot's the manager will will have to go after this? Yes. He looked. He looked a bit, a little bit lost. Yeah, well, he's he's not in, particularly in it, looked comfortable for. for in the win, yeah, in the win for in the loss against Italy and against Wales, after his team conceded, they just looked. They looked like they had no idea for for large parts. When they scored and controlled the game like they did against Ireland and Sweden, um, and even more Hungary, yeah. they looked like they could do something. But yeah, when they when they played against a team that was fighting. Hard, uh, passionately and um, hard against them they just did they, they look, look like they didn't know what they were going to do I was yeah. um, reading something from Courtois I think afterwards and he was saying that it hurts more this than it did when he lost in the Champions League final for Atletico Madrid because he'd made the same mistakes after that was the Italy game yeah, was, Italy. yeah. Um, and he said he made the same mistakes and that shows that he's not got faith in that manager yeah um, and he's basically pointing the finger but at the same time I think they are very much like England I can't remember which one of you just said that then um, but it was just they've got so many um, players who think they are the best so we've mm. got Sturridge, Rooney 
Um, and you've got other ones coming into like um, was it uh, Kane was one of them. I think he thinks he's better than he is at the moment. Joe Hart especially. Where you're going to Belgium, <laughs> you're looking at um, they've got Hazard, De Bruyne, Fellaini thinks he's something that he's not. And Courtois, and, like they're not playing as a team, they're playing as individuals. who think they can yeah. just muster up the best team in the world. I feel bad for De Bruyne because he, he De Bruyne absolutely worked his arse off for the team and plays as a team player. I, 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 I well, when I watch him, I think he plays really well. Even for City, he plays really well as a team player. He's not an individual in the team. Yeah, he shoots a little bit more than he should cross, but he's got the quality. Whereas Hazard on the other spectrum is not. It doesn't seem like a team player at all. If he's not up for it on a particular day, then yeah, he's not going to bother like he did for Chelsea all season, apart from the last two games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just on the point of Belgium, uh, Chelsea have signed uh, Michi Batshuayi. Yes. I believe that's how you pronounce it, or it might be absolute bollocks. That's, that's, just, that's just how I was going to pronounce it. Good man. Uh, from Marseille for £33 million. Pounds. Um, he's a young striker. He has scored in this that's tournament. Like it, it does seem like that, doesn't it? Um, he's had, he had a good season for Marseille. I uh, scored a uh, handful of goals, um, but it does seem a, a strange one. So did Joey Barton when he was there, though. Doesn't mean and he's Stephen worth Fletcher. Stephen Fletcher. Sheffield Wednesday, Stephen Fletcher. <laughs> that seems an odd one, but we'll see how that turns out. Um, yeah. Wales versus Portugal in the semi-final. Uh, what do you think, uh, Dan? What's your prediction here? Sorry, what was that for? Oh, stop playing so. Boom Beach. Wales versus Wales versus Portugal. Who's going through? Wales, I think. Wow, imagine that. That'd be amazing. I just, I've got this feeling that with Leicester doing what they've done, and now Wales doing what they've done so far, I just think they'll just get past Portugal because Portugal haven't impressed me enough. Got big suspensions though for for Wales. Aaron Ramsey's out and Ben Davis. Ben Davis, yeah. And they have largely played the same team as well, so fatigue's going to start kicking in. Portugal, obviously, have, have rotated the midfield. Having said that, of course, um, what's, his, what's his face at, at the, the base of the midfield? William Carvalho. William Carvalho suspended as well, so he's a big miss. Uh, so, yeah, who, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, Ryan, who do you reckon is going through? Well, I was thinking Wales as well, um, but like you say, without Ben Davis, without Aaron Ramsey, those, well, Aaron Ramsey is absolute motor in midfield. Yeah. Um, who are they going to bring on instead? Um, Johnny Williams or uh, Andrew Johnny King. Williams, yeah. <laughs> Johnny Williams is probably going to come in. Um, clearly, I haven't got David Vaughan playing for him anymore, a little Blackpool legend. He'd, he'd do a job. But um, <laughs> I, I just think the game will be... It'll probably... You can't see, decide whether it'll be Wales... You know, whether it'll be another 3-1 like the Wales-Belgian game or just be another 1-1 and go to penalties like Portugal have done all the way. I can see that um, happening, yeah. If it's going to be an open game, you fancy Wales. If it's going to be close, you fancy Portugal to win on penalties again, if it goes that far. So I'm going to sit on the fence. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, I'm going to go for Wales just for the romance of it. I think that'll be be excellent. Um, right, moving on to the third quarterfinal on Saturday. Uh, Germany took on Italy, probably the highlight of the um, this round. It ended Germany 1, Italy 1. Uh, who scored for Germany? My memory's terrible. Meza Ozil scored, of course. Um, very nice move uh, involving... Your favourite player. Of course, actually. How did I forget? Um, very nice goal. Nice move. Bit bit lucky with the deflection from the from the assist. But uh, 
Very nice. And then Jerome Boateng. Uh, what on what? earth was going on? What? It's like he was paid to just concede a penalty. It's a testament. It literally is like he just, someone just came in the locker room at half-time and went, or change room, sorry, and went, you know what? Give you a bit of money. I'll give you three million, yeah. give you three million pound if you throw your hands up in the air and concede a penalty. <laughs> like, what the? What is the need to do this? That's was, throwing you up. It was in the insane. Air and it's a testament to how bad the penalties were that that probably wasn't even the most ridiculous thing that happened in this game. Um, so uh, Benucci t- uh, took the penalty. Uh, the first penalty he's taken in up in in normal play in his career, in his very long career. So uh, unusual, but he tucks it away very nicely. Uh, penalty is very nice, yeah, for for a defender, and and you know it was about the 80th minute, wasn't it? It was pushing on, yeah, very very impressive. Uh, so the game after that sort of just fizzled out. However, I did I did think obviously Germany what Germany went through on penalties. I did think Italy were the better team over the course of the 120 minutes. I, I tipped Italy to go through because I just thought as it, the way they played against Spain and the way they nullified everything Spain did and Germany are trying to emulate Spain yeah. and the way they play and just obviously put their own stamp on it. I think I thought Italy would have enough to to see it off and maybe should have maybe could have won it a bit earlier in the game. But yeah, um, I think, um, on that point, though, like you said, that, um, Italy deserved to win. I think up until I think was it Mario Gomez went off injured. Um, I think it was a pretty even game, um, and then as soon as he went off, I can't remember how what he went off, but it seemed to change and it seemed to swing more towards Italy's favour. Yeah. Um, from then onwards, from my, my view, but I just think the um, the style of play. I think Germany um, it was disrupted with having no having that striker on the pitch. Yep. Also, the uh, Kadera injury as well early on. Well, apparently, Kadera and um, Schweinsteiger are completely different players. They both uh, Kadira and Gomez could miss the rest of the tournament. I think Gomez Gomez is certainly going to miss the rest of the tournament, and and Kadira's touch and go, uh, so that could really affect uh, certainly with Gomez. You know the the difference he makes, and they haven't got a, an alternative really. Um, Back to Mario Goethe up oh, front. Oh God, they might as well just not um, play with ten players. Schiller or Dracula, isn't it? Yeah, I don't. I think the way Muller's playing at the moment. He's not. He's not having much luck. I'd say pop him up top. Put him up top and drag for a wing. Yeah, I think if you, they're playing against France, I think they need they need to be busy around that defence because they're they're not really the, you know the, the fullbacks are get pushing on. They're over thirty, and the the defence is uh, mis- mismatched anyway, isn't it? With uh, Koscielny and then whoever pop Iceland again. Iceland again showed them up, didn't they? Exactly. So I think they've got to be brave and, and maybe go pace down the wings and, and get Muller inside. Anyway, I'm sure uh, Yogi Love will uh, will choose the right team and uh, put up the French. He'll, he'll, uh, he'll give his head a bit of a scratch before he puts that one through. <laughs> Which bit of his body, sorry? Yeah. Head. Um, <laughs> so it, it fizzled out a little bit, went to penalties. And, I mean, from then... from. Uh, there, the hilarity ensued. It was awful. I mean, I, oh, I missing the substitution on the 119th minute. Oh god! I mean, I'd forgotten about that. I'd forgotten he came on specifically to take a penalty. I, it was one job. You have yeah. one job. <laughs> one oh. job as a footballer, and you absolutely fluff your lines. And then to come out in the press this morning and say that you sent the keeper the wrong way, so it's fine. <laughs> it's horrendous. So, um, do you think he practiced that run up in training? 
Exactly. Can yep. you imagine Conte sees that in training and goes, right, you're not going to be starting. But if he goes to penalties, I love what you're doing there. Do that. And, you know, we'll be laughing. We're literally laughing. It was, you know, if you do, even if you score that, you look a bit of a tit. If you miss it, Jesus Christ. I mean, I was getting so frustrated with these run-ups. I don't know about you. I was getting really... Bro, Bontag did something similar. He did his little, like, five-step. Well, he's, yeah, he scored about a yard with like five steps, but then stepped up and slotted away nicely. Uh, there were some tellers to win the game. I mean, right, so I've just got a list of those who missed. Uh, Zaza obviously uh, fired over. Uh, Thomas Muller was a, a very poor penalty. Well saved, but a, a very easily savable penalty if he guessed the right way, which he did. It was awful as well. Uh, Pele was, I think, Zaza was the funniest, but I think Pele was the worst. Yeah, it was just it. What there was no power in it. There was no uh, clearly no direction in it. It it was so tame, wasn't it? There was direction. Direction went wide. <laughs> yeah, too much direction, if anything. Um, Bastian Schweinsteiger, of course, stepped up and he he put it over the bar as well. Oh, that was to win it as well, wasn't that it? Was, that was to win it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Bonucci. Oh, God. Uh, he. Uh, yeah, he got, he, his penalty was saved well by by Big Neuer. Save, yeah. And then uh, Matteo Damian scored the uh, well lost uh, missed that's the word isn't it missed the penalty. Uh, I feel bad. For... And it was it was a poor penalty. Just uh, it was a very poor penalty, wasn't it? And then uh, every one of his corners had gone down the middle as well, and you knew Neuer was diving everywhere. So why would you even think about going into a corner when you know the keeper's diving? Yep. It was similar to what Pirlo said, wasn't it, against Joe Hart uh, a couple of years ago, when uh, yeah. when he saw he said he said he looked into Joe Hart's eyes and and he saw how pumped he was and he thought, you know, I'm just going to put this down the middle because he's obviously going to he's going to dive. He's so uh, so energetic and I think that's you know we've talked we're going to we have talked at length about Joe Hart's uh, misfortunes, uh, so we won't we won't dig that up. Um, just on that penalty shootout. Yeah. Because you're bound to, you're bound to you're bound save to one. one right? yeah. yeah, well, you're bound to go the same way as one. Because um, by the time you get 3-2-3, three, three, they're already at the halfway line going, well, he's going to his right, so what do I do? And you think, well, I'm going to go against it. And you go, but, but what if he goes that way this time instead? So I'll go where he's diving. And you start second-guessing yourself, and it's brilliant psychological advantage. Yeah. And I mean, I know it probably, did he, did he, he save any? I don't think the ultimate one was that way. Was it that way that he went? It was the other way. No, he went, he went the he went other the way. way. So it, 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 it's brilliant psychological like play by him. But it's just something I do on FIFA. And it's like, you just think something so simple and it's worked in Neuer's favour. He looked massive in that goal. You know, Buffon's obviously one of the best keeper that's, keepers that's ever ever lived. But Neuer just, it looked like he, he was filling half the goal. When Damien stepped up in his little self, shoulders <laughs> hunched. Yeah. Head down, and he looks up as after placing the ball and sees Manuel Neuer staring him down. Yeah, it's like holy shit, <laughs> fuck this! And he, he completely did just bottle it, didn't he? It was a shit penalty. It was poor. And um, then again, what's his, uh, who, Jonas Hector's was was a terrible penalty as well. It's just that um, yes, uh, it went on, it went under the front, didn't it? Yeah, he jumped expecting it to go into the corner like every other goal had happened. Germany kept hitting the corners, whereas Italy were going down the middle, yeah. and those balls were hitting the corners. 
And yeah, Hector just didn't put it as far into the corner as Buffon was probably hoping, and then it just yeah slipped under his body, unfortunately for him. It's a shame. Uh, he, he was in tears when he afterwards. Yeah. Poor guy. Uh, really like Buffon. You know, obviously that's something very obvious to say, but he's everything about him, the way he reacted to to Ireland beating them in the group stage. You know, going up to Keenan and O'Neill and congratulating yeah. him. Just pure class, isn't he? Yeah, that class of Italian players gone now. With Perlo retiring probably from international football, yeah. Buffon's going to retire Piero. from international football. Del Piero left. Yeah, good times. What, what yeah. Some players, haven't they? Um, so Germany go through to the semi-final. Probably the favourites, maybe. Uh, they are joined by France, who last night beat Iceland, uh, England's, <laughs> England's uh, conquerors. Uh, they beat them 5-2. It was 4-0 at half-time. Um, Iceland, to be fair to them, did not give up. Uh, they scored two very good goals, but um, five different scores for France, and they looked excellent. In the in that first half, they looked super. Yeah, they did. Well, they, they went 1-0 up, and then a minute and a half later, Iceland had one of those long throw-ins. Like, it's <laughs> absolutely pivotal. Absolutely pivotal how it was on the other side of the pitch, granted, but this is absolutely pivotal of how France will deal with this where England couldn't. Yeah. And they just stuck two men on the big, um, I think it was uh, Carlson or something like that. Uh, They just put two men on him so he couldn't run forward and win the header. And from then, they just completely dominated the game. Just had Iceland on the back foot, kept attacking and doing, being innovative, unlike England were. And yeah, they fully deserved the win. Um, big, big fan of Griezmann's goal. Um, yeah, and it was four different scorers. Giroud scored twice. Of course, yes. That, yes. Thank you, Olivier. Oh, yes. Cock up from Andy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, of course. I'm surprised we got every, this far. Every goal was great. Every goal was good. Even the Iceland goals were good. There weren't. There wasn't a, a shit goal in there. I, I think my favourite was this, the first Iceland goal. That ball from uh, Sigurdsson. Yeah. That the whip on that. <laughs> Superb. Uh, so Dan, uh, you you selected Antoine Griezmann as the top scorer for the tournament. We we mocked yep. you after the first couple of games, uh, but he's coming good, isn't he? He's top of the charts. I, I mocked myself to be fair. I'd, I'd put a five on him um, at nine to one, and I thought, oh, shit, the bed. Oh, I've got a five on Giroud as well. <laughs> well, I'm looking at it this now. I mean, I was working out before the game last night that Bale had the assist, so I needed Griezmann really to get two goals to be ahead of no to get a goal but then maybe get another one so that if Bale scores again he doesn't go above him yeah. then Ryan reminded me obviously it works on goals per minute after that yeah. so now he's got two assists in that game I think Griezmann's got his foot in the door like his foot on well his foot in the golden boot if you will well providing um, providing they both play the same amount of minutes going yeah. forwards uh, Giroud only needs one more and then he would get it if, if they're level Giroud's played 45 minutes he got? he's got the same I think he's got two I think he's got two assists. He's got two assists, two goals. He assisted Griezmann, didn't he? He did, and he's been good at that, hasn't he? He's been excellent at that, um, holding up the ball and, and laying it off for his teammates. When he's on it, Giroud is... I, you know, I never really understood the the way that the the fans bashed him. You know, he, He's a good player. Granted, he's, he's inconsistent in front of goal, but... What he offers the team, I think, is is so important. He's he's one of the best strikers in the world at, at doing that. Yeah, against little teams, when Arsenal play them, he's ineffective because they don't need that hold up play 
that link kind of play that he offers. But when they play big teams, United, Chelsea's, Liverpool's, like he showed against Liverpool in the game where he scored two goals at Anfield when he missed an absolute sitter for a hat-trick. Uh, I think they drew 3-3 in the end. He was absolutely pivotal in a game where it was back and forth. And that's exactly what he is good at. He needs to be at a team where they're going to do that. Yeah, play um, open counter-attacking style like a Leicester would be absolutely perfect for him. If you know, if Jamie Vardy, Jamie Vardy and Giroud in the same team would be fucking mustard. For sure. Who needs him? I do agree with what you're saying about Giroud being like one of the best in the world at what he does. Um, I just think I think Arsenal is underappreciated. He's not. Um, I think they make him a scapegoat for a lot of the players. It's not the player that Arsenal sometimes wants to play with the ticky tacky tick attack of Yeah. But yeah. I still think when we set out, I'll even say it again, Andy Carroll is the best at being up front, big man, knocking it out, everything. I think he's one of the best in the world at that. But looking at Giroud, he's got that as well as the fact that he can play on the floor. I mean, that Jack Wilshere goal a few seasons ago with the little flicks, he's got all that at his feet as well. And I think he is all round, he is, he is really good, but he has to have that player behind him. And I think Griezmann complements him really well. And I think that's where Arsenal missed someone, another... Um, attacking mid but more of a striker Walcott's tried to play that role and he's not either or but if they had a Griezmann type there that'd take Arsenal to the next level yep absolutely uh, so uh, Pogba scored a big header as well didn't he um, and Payet scored a nice left footed effort um, but it leaves um, Iceland very very proud of course but it knocks them out of the tournament uh, they, they went much further than anyone really expected and uh, good on them. I think uh, no one expected quite that much from them. I think before the tournament, I'm fairly sure we we thought they would do okay, um, but certainly not to this to this degree. Um, yeah. And apparently, they've uh, someone's got a modelling contract out of it. Apparently, and the you know the the status, the stature of of Icelandic football will profit massively from this. Because well, they're 31 in the world, aren't they? And that's yeah. very high considering like where they are in terms of country, population, and everything else. I know you yeah. mentioned they have a, a high amount of coaches and stuff, but none of their players are like none of their players were taught to play football in the country. They all got you know shipped out to academies everywhere else, and and yeah. and the likes. So it's just it's it's phenomenal the rising stature that they've had. Yeah, it might be a, this might be a point from maybe um, after the Euros. <coughs> Excuse me, but I'm just thinking. I mean, I know this qualified second in the group, but with the new format, as that's helped them because of the way the mentality of all the teams that they play. But generally, being third one in the world, you would have always thought they'd maybe be in that third spot in a group at the Euros and maybe not getting through. Whereas I think yeah. this time, with all the mentality of the teams, I think it's probably helped them and. They've took advantage of that, just like Wales have, and they've gone out and they've performed better than we expected, and they've deserved everything. And I mean, the fans at four 0 down, they were still doing that challenge, yeah. they were still getting behind them, and they were just loving being there. And you watch, I mean, I'm bringing England up again, but you watch England, or you watch, um, you look at Portugal, um, I guess if they're doing bad, and you look at teams like that, and they just as soon as you go one or two 0 down, the fans go quiet, they're not interested. Well, it's it's it goes back to like. The Irish as well. Um, yeah. The last time, well, Republic of Ireland more specifically, the last time they made a European qualifier, they conceded, I think it was like 10 goals and didn't score any. So expectations are very, very low. So anything above 
conceding another 10 goals and not scoring is a massive achievement, not taking anything away. The Irish were very right to be, uh, you know, optimistic going into that group. Um, you know, they could have beat any of the teams on the day and they could get beaten by any teams on the day. But Iceland had no expectations going in so and they were just completely proud just to even be there. And that's exactly what we don't have in, <laughs> in most home nations. Well, I say most home nations, England, you every other home nation. Yeah. <laughs> Scotland, um, Ireland, Wales, all happy to be there. So on on this point, uh, I'll start with you, Dan. Do you think that this expanded tournament has improved the the overall enjoyment of it with the likes of Iceland and, and Ireland getting out of the group and things like that? Or do you think the dilution of the quality has perhaps undermined it a little bit? Um, I've heard different views on this one. Well, our friend Chad on the group was saying there's not been many goals and things, and sometimes you look at kids and you watch and you look at them to watch Euros and they want to see goals, 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 and it's not been a tournament for goals, goals, goals as such. But I think for me, watching it as a football fan and neutral, the the quality of the game has maybe not been as good as it has been, but it's been interesting to watch and it's kept you gripped because you've got uh, an Iceland or a Northern Ireland getting through a Republic of Ireland doing well. Yeah. And I want to watch more of it, and I want the football not to stop. And I mean, even as bad as the games can get, like the Poland-Portugal game wasn't the best. <clears> and <throat> people are saying the Wales and Portugal games aren't going to be the best game. I think it will be, and I think that it gets you wanting to watch the game still. And England got knocked out, and we were all annoyed, and I come back into it, and even after Thursday's game, and then Friday's game, you watch it, and you, start, you find yourself oh, really engrossed in the Wales-Belgium game. And you find yourself Germany, Italy, everyone's going to look like, I want to watch that. But then it's, there is, I think it's changed and it's changed for the good because it's got more people engrossed in actual football and not just goals, goals, goals. Yeah, Ryan, what do you think? I, I very much agree. I think initially for the first two tournaments, if it continues, it will be, it will lack in quality um, for like goals, goals, goals. But it's given opportunities to these lesser teams, Hungary, Iceland, Wales, Northern Ireland. They're getting they're getting tournament experience, something they'll never get at the likes of previous 16-team tournaments. You'd have the same 16 teams there. Like your Holland, your, your England, uh, England, Germany, Italy, all those teams, and maybe you get another, you know, the odd one sneaking through here and there. Um, it just gives tournament experience to those types of players like Iceland can go on now with that tournament experience, come back in four years as a stronger team. Um, Northern Ireland the same Hungary uh, Albania Romania all those teams could come back and just do something even better in, in 8 years time in four, 4 to 8 years time and just the quality will, will only get better from here yeah that's that's a really good point so you look at what Leicester have achieved and that's got um, teams like Stoke, Stoke City and people like that thinking why can't we do that and I guess teams like the, the likes of um Slovenia or something like that teams that haven't made it to this Euros will be thinking well we, we have a really good chance if we just if we get our act together we've got a chance of make, making a quarter final if we just yep. work on a on a plan you know Iceland didn't really have anything beyond their, their plan A um, but it worked very well and Wales you know Wales are greater than the sum of their parts and that's because they've worked on a system that that uh, three man defence with wing backs has worked superbly, and uh, I'm sure that'll work very well against Portugal actually. And yep. th- it, it does, it, yeah. I suppose it does give hope to other teams. I, I wasn't sure going into this tournament if that was necessarily the right 
the right thing because you know you've got a qualification process to weed out the the lower teams i don't see why you should give them give more slots you know but i guess it it does give it it gives more opportunities to teams like iceland who can raise the profile of football in the in their country and think of the memories they're going to have for a lifetime now that country and And, other countries like hungary just yeah, you know we're going to remember this Iceland team in twenty years' time. We're going to be thinking, "Oh, Iceland put put England there, didn't they? They were they were really good, actually." Um, and that's that's what it's about, isn't it, Dan? Yeah, well, just on like, I think it becomes more tactical game, and from a coach's point of view, it's great to see teams playing the tactical games and the tactical approaches that Italy have taken to this tournament and Germany conceding one goal for a penalty, but they've got that they're being solid at the back and they're trying to build out and stuff, and I think. Hungary, the way they went in and approached it, they went all out really, they didn't didn't hold back and hopefully kids are watching this and probably not my age group under tens, but you're looking into them all the teams and thinking actually what are they trying to do? They're not trying to go out and score, score, score. They're trying to hold back and counter attack and you're seeing the you're seeing more evidence of these different types of styles. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so back onto the tournament. Uh, Ryan, Germany versus France, who's going who's going into the final? Um, just with the way Germany played after they lost Mario Gomez and Sami Khedira, um and France getting N'Golo Kante back and Adil Rami uh, just to show themselves up. Not that um, Titi had a bad game after he settled himself down. Yeah. Um, I, I'd probably go with France. Um, I think Giroud will have enough about him to bully uh, Hummels and um, how it is a around. for Giroud? I am saying a hat trick for Giroud, yeah, and uh, I think Griezmann's going to get injured in the seventh minute, and then uh, Giroud's going to go on and be top scorer. Oh, get in, Mystic, Mystic Wheeler. What about you, Dan? Yeah. What is going through? Um, I, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I, I think it has the possibility of a little distance um, with yeah. both teams yeah. playing a very tactical game. I think France will be the ones that will change the way they play more than Germany change the way they play. But I think I think France will go through. I think France will have the home nation, have the home crowd behind them. I think um, Bias, the Griezmann's on fire at the moment, but such a read. And in them, the top two of them, and then you've got Payet and Pogba playing well. I think they will. I think I think France will make the final. Good man. Uh, Kante coming back in, do you think? Uh, he's got to be starting surely against... Yeah, he's, he, I'm saying that though. I mean, they took him off against, was it Ireland? Um, and they brought Col- Coleman on, uh, Kingsley Coleman on, and that changed the game. But I know he was booking on a booking, wasn't he? Uh, Kante. Well, he was, he was suspended he for the for the uh, Iceland game. Yeah, but I got, he got booked in the Ireland game in the first half. They took him off at half time, and it changed the game completely. So I'm not saying it's a necessity to put him back in there, but when you play in Germany, I think his legs in midfield. Um, you need to just you need to stop Tony Cruz getting the ball, which is what Italy did for a long time in that game. Well, that's what they Gre- nullified yeah. Tony Cruz in the first half. Yeah, that's what Griezmann will be doing. Sissoko uh, yeah. So yes, they were playing a four-four-two really with with Griezmann behind, yeah, just behind Giroud, with Sissoko yeah, on the right and Payet on the left. In, yeah, I think what they'll do is they'll bring in Kante back in with Matuidi in the middle, and then Pogba and Griezmann and Payet in front of them, I guess, and then Giroud up top. That's got to be the way they're going to set up, surely. Or they might be looking to uh, to get Coleman on to to get him behind the full the wing backs. Well, they don't. Sorry, we'll get on to uh, Kimmich, the the young fullback for uh, for um, Germany. So that that could be a way to go. But they they have struggled to um, pick the team, haven't they? They've often had to 
to cha- make changes at half time. You mentioned Coleman coming on against I Ireland. Him, they won. They can't do. Go on, Ryan. It's definitely a, um, a dilemma he's had, isn't it? Um, Deschamps. Is it Deschamps, the manager? It is. Oh, right. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, it's just that um, I, I think the commentators over here were saying he's been struggling like with the fans trying to pick his team for him. And he's sort of been bowing to them to do that. Like the first game, I don't think that was his team. I think that was the fans' team. And he would he would have got slated if he'd started anyone else. Yeah, they realised it wasn't working. Uh, just like England, England try England fans try and pick the team and try and make, get the manager. Oh, you can't leave this guy. You can't leave that guy. What are you doing starting this guy? And the manager just just has to trust in him, whether it works rightly or wrongly. You know, is ultimately that is what they get paid the big bucks for. Yeah, um, and Pogba. When, since he's been dropped back a little bit and he's playing more of that sitting role, he's looked a lot better, hasn't he? A lot. He, he's getting up to his hundred million pound price tag again. If <laughs> indeed, that is what he goes for. It looks for. natural for him. I think that's the thing. He, yeah, he's so good at everything that it's hard. It's hard to put him in a particular position, but it looks so effortless in that position. Um, that's where he played Venice, isn't it? Next to Perlo, he, he'd sit next to Perlo. Perlo would be the guy just playing the passes here, there, and everywhere, and. Pogba would just be that box-to-box general um, winning tackles and going... For, he, he made a few interceptions when Iceland were breaking forward and just started counter-attacks, which yeah. Griezmann or whoever ultimately fucked up, going choosing the wrong option. Um, was it Gignac who came on and fluffed everything he did? Oh, yeah, he was poor, wasn't he? Well, At least you were for his hat-trick. Yeah, France, um, France scored a lot of different goals on... Uh, well, yesterday... Like they they had a what, a goal from a corner, that free long kick. pass to set Griezmann yeah. through a free kick, that left footed shot on the edge of the box from Payet. There were there was a different variation of goals and not the same goal. Yeah, that, good point. You know, teams are synonymous with. So you're both saying France going through? Yes. Yeah. So we're going to your I enjoy Germany. Ha, ha, however, I think they have flattered to deceive at times, and with with Gomez out. I, France have the better individuals, I think. It's going to be a really interesting game. I, I think you're spot on, Dan. Like, tactically, this is going to be so well-balanced um, and it might take one of those... If it's going to be a moment of brilliance, it's going to be from France. Uh, yeah. You know, with Payet or or uh, Pogba or even or Coman if he comes on. Um, or, of course, Griezmann. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hopefully not, but maybe. Um, so... That's that's all set up for a, a really exciting round of semi-finals and, and obviously the final is going to be excellent, whoever gets there. Um, it's been a good tournament, I think. Uh, bless you, Dan. <laughs> uh, we didn't quite hear it, but I saw you. No, that's good. Um, before we wrap up, there have been uh, some transfers uh, in the Premier League and elsewhere. Just a few. Just a few, yeah. So the, the uh, transfer window opened uh, the other day, the other day. Um, so I'm just going to go up this list on the, on the BBC website. Uh, Hatton Ben Arthur to, uh, to PSG on a free. That's a that's a roller coaster, isn't it? He's done all right there. He's hit from Newcastle relegation to uh, Hull. Where he was he at? Did he go to Lee? Lee uh, to Hull to play in six games and being told he's not good enough or just completely a waste of talent to go into Lille, I think it was, and then Nice and then back up at. Nice, sorry, and then back up at PSG. What a guy. Incredible. Well, he he did rip it up for, for Nice last season, to be fair. Um, Matt Ritchie going from Bournemouth to Newcastle. I can't believe that. That is insane. 
scored one of the goals of the season. Uh, I watched the Premier League review recently, um, and it's like Premier League years, but Canadian style, or North American style, I should say. And his goal, I can't remember, it was against Sunderland, I think, where he chests and volleys it from 25, 30 yards. Oh, how's he going? How's he dropping down to Newcastle's level? It doesn't make sense, because he's one of their better players, isn't he? He's he's one of their talismans. Well, it's 12 million, apparently, for, for him. And they've also signed... Uh, Newcastle. They've also signed Dwight Gale for a reported ten million pounds. Um, yeah. I'm quite a fan of Dwight Gale, but when you when you're going down to the Championship, I'm not sure you can afford to to spend ten million on him. Um, but, uh, Andrew Townsend's going the way, hasn't he? Yes, for thirteen, isn't it? So they, they have made a little profit, I suppose. Um, decent bit of business for Palace, I reckon. Although they've got enough yeah. wingers, haven't they? Anyway, well, they had a bit accepted for Batshuri, didn't they? Yeah. And then, uh, and no, I want to go to Chelsea. Well, obviously you'd want to go to Chelsea, but crazy. They both um, not got champ- They both not got European football next season. They're both as likely to get it as the other right now. Yeah, uh, Stephen Fletcher's gone to Chef Wednesday on a free. Oh. Uh, who else? Andrus Townsend. You mentioned Nolito. Oh, Nolito is he gone to City? He's gone to City, yeah, for thirteen, uh, thirteen point eight million. Uh, decent signing. Yeah, this uh, this lad, this 19-year-old, uh, Alexander Zinchenko, uh, 19. I mean, when we shouldn't even pretend like we know anything about this lad. Um, he's, he's 19. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a good YouTube video of him. Um, no, speaking about a lad, FM legend Irving Lozano being linked with United. That'd yeah. be uh, that'd be a good one. He's no uh, Ishmael Fafana. There's no uh, Gabriel Barbosa either. I saw oh, Arsenal have got a bit. Gabriel, but are you joking? Yeah, they thought they've, they've, I, uh, from what I read Isn't anyway. Is it Barbosa? No, it's Gabriel. I'm sure it was from Hel- Santo. Helder Barbosa, the the left winger for is uh, it Benfica or something? For me no. anyway, he was my he was my lad. Oh, Gabriel, easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Martin's uh, Stecklenburg. Has moved to Everton, yeah, to join their fellow countryman Ronald Gumman uh, over there. Um, Nolito to City, yeah, like I say, he's pushing on a little bit, but he's had a very good season. Decent signing for them. Uh, Zlatan has gone to United finally on a free transfer, uh, doing a lot of um, press as you'd expect, uh, just to sell a few shirts. Uh, Steve Mandanda, uh, Mandana, sorry has uh, joined Crystal Palace very good keeper yes. very uh, good keeper Marseille legend and it's it's a shame he's, he's moved on but I mean for Palace it's, it's a definite upgrade to their keeper situation um, what else is going on Anders Lindegaard <laughs> they've got Hennessy and they've got um, what's his yeah, name Beard, Beard Spironi Spironi yeah, Spironi who will well, be did off did you see did you see that um, uh, not transfer news but Chris Smalling was uh, taken to hospital in Bali this weekend. Yeah, food poisoning. Yeah, felon, felon uh, finally connected with something. Hey, <laughs> it's the only header. Well, it definitely wasn't an offensive header because he, he would have fluffed that. Um, Glenn Murray's moved to Brighton on loan from Bournemouth. Um, yeah, that Batshuri guy, uh, weird one, thirty-three million seems a lot of money for. For a, for a player playing in France, you know, largely untested, I suppose. Um, Belgians are the new what Spanish pay, overpay a lot for well, the look what, happens, look what happened to Divock uh, Origi at, at Liverpool. 
you know, granted, he's been okay, actually. He's, he's, he's been all right this season when he's been called upon. But he, he was knocking them in for fun over in uh, Lille, wasn't it? And then yep. he's moved here and he's not done an awful lot. So it's it's an interesting signing. But, you know, best of luck to him. Um, that's that's it for the transfers, as far as I can see. Uh, some interesting ones there. And, of course, the transfer uh, merry-go-round will continue. Oh, Hulk's left Senate St. Petersburg. Only of course, yeah. Massive. 46 million. Mental. Um, he's one Giant of those, club. isn't he? That he's been chasing the money since he left Porto, hasn't he? He went to Zenit, uh, and, and now he's in China. He went to Zenit over a move to the Premier League, didn't he? Because he'd get more money. Yeah, fair enough. He's, it's a career in it. You know, he's not going to achieve anything of, of any note, but you know, fair play to him. Um, and Leicester have also signed uh, a couple of players. I'm in, I don't know anything about any of them, so I'm not going to. I'm in Moose. Yes. FM legend. <laughs> um, it's only FM Legends Stoke City were after Nani that's weird isn't it United that, were after him a couple of weeks ago and he's, he's on the verge of signing for Valencia for 6.5 to 7 million I think but uh, Stoke have tried to hijack Gosh. it that'll be interesting that'll be good one matter to yeah one matter to Everton Everton 21 million apparently apparently that's that's almost done I hear it's just a strange one it's a strange one but you know he, he likes the North West clearly Strange and uh, McTarian to United, if you haven't already said it. Yes, I, well, I didn't. Deal. I hadn't, but what a great signing that would be. Uh, about twenty-five million, isn't it? Well, if they get Pogba as well, I'm not saying they will, but if they get Pogba as well, there's no where, way where will Rooney fit in. I mean, Rooney didn't fit in the team last season. Never mind having signed a, a world-class uh, striker, well, yeah. albeit old, but a world-class striker and a, a very, very good attacking midfielder. Yeah, fingers crossed. Schneiderlin, even Bastian Schweinsteiger looked quality when he came on against uh, against Italy. He didn't look out of place at all, considering he'd only played, what, 20 games last season apart and was injured his, for the last few months. Apart from his penalty, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, do you have any other business, Daniel? Uh, no, I think we covered it. I was only going to mention the nanny uh, transfer speculation. Interesting. What about you, Ryan? Uh, the complete lack of um, warm-up games or pre-season friendlies for a lot of Premier League teams is concerning. I think most teams only have four. Um, I, I think I'm more accustomed to setting myself at least 10 or 11 on uh, football manager. I think Liverpool have a lot, but like, See, the likes of Chelsea, Arsenal, United only have like four games each. Maybe a, a slow start to the season. Plus the um, champion, plus the Euro Cup, kind of curtails a lot of this. Yeah, you know, it's a late finish. The the so. preseason friendlies, from what I've seen, appear to be competitive looking ones rather than your well, like international cup Americans. Yeah, exactly. So rather than your MLS All Stars or Asian Elevens, you've got you know United are playing against City, aren't they? And, and Borussia Dortmund yeah. and Galatasaray. That's right. Yeah. So. You've you've got proper proper games as as opposed to you know playing against these makeshift uh, money making uh, teams that you see. Yeah, uh, four million shirts kind of deals. I mean, they're still going to be playing in the countries, but yeah, you know, well, it's, playing, uh, I mean, City I, v United, Guardiola v uh, Mourinho would be great in the first, you know, in, in end of July. So. I, I cannot stand the idea of of Premier League teams playing each other before the season. I just I think it completely just devalues everything. It just I, I don't get it at all. You know, you, there's play plenty some... of teams around. Play play someone else. You're only doing it for fitness, really. Just leave each other alone. 
<laughs> Where are the playing down? Get your hands off. Just, I just remembered something. Uh, I've already bought my ticket, so you can get more morning from me this year. Just to let you know. <laughs> Good man. Where, where are you going on pre-season, Dan? Uh, Austria at the moment, um, playing some of the Austrian team, nothing major. And then we've got a team from the Segunda B in the Spanish leagues, which I can't even remember it is because it was that one in Poland. Normally we play Barcelona B or someone, and now we've gone further and further down the rankings. So there's no one interesting that we really got friendlies against. Really? That's, yeah, that's well, the play. It's, like, it's more it's like Berry and Rochdale, normal lower league ones to get some fitness up and that. It's about it, really. I, I probably won't take any notice until the season starts, to be fair. That's not. We we, uh, we play you on the 23rd of July. Oh, so sorry, I yeah, we do, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> the standard of opposition has gone downhill, hasn't it? Yeah, um, no, no, I forgot about that one, actually, to be fair. I should have remembered that one. Seen the new shirt? You a fan of that, Dan? Uh, well, I was until I saw it's £48. <laughs> and I was like, fuck that, pardon my French. But then um, I got an email about an half an hour later saying that because the season machine to go, do I get a £10 off? So nice, sorted. You get a free shirt? Uh, no, not quite. Get Can't free Free chicken. Um, <laughs> free chicken with every purchase. I just thought it's probably worth mentioning uh, Liverpool have now signed every Southampton player that's sc- have scored oh. against them at Anfield since uh, Southampton's promotion. That is insane. What a, what, a, what a start that is. Um, on that note, we will leave you to enjoy your day. Uh, thank you very much for listening. If you want to contact us, visit our website, dangerzonepodcast.com or tweet us at dangerzonepod. Uh, as usual, we would love to hear from you uh, with your uh, constructive comments and criticisms. <laughs> uh, I only got one thing wrong as far as I'm aware. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're looking up. Uh, be great to hear from you and uh, we will talk to you next week after the Euro 2016 final goodbye yeah bye bye